Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Didi and Lital Show. It's another week, and we're after the Super Bowl. Hi, Didi. How's Hi, it going? Well, the NFL found new ways to suck, as <laughs> usual. The NFL I finds, finds really creative ways of taking the best product in sports and making it suck a little bit more. Okay, why? So, if you have not seen the Super Bowl... And you live under a rock. It's not your fault. The, this was a very, very, very good game. Mahomes. It was a good game. It was a very good game. Mahomes is showing why Mahomes is amazing. And even in this game, he wasn't the best player. I think Jalen Hurts was the much better quarterback. And the game ended on what I like to call a wet fart ending. Because <laughs> it, was, it, was, it ended on a hold. Which was a very, very ticky-tacky hold. There were a million of these happening all through the game. There were not a lot of flags thrown, which made the message of let them play, let them play. And the Eagles guy got called right in the last minute, two minutes for a hold. And Kansas City ran the clock and was able to kick. And that's how they won. And as a New Englander, I can't complain. The refs gave Tom Brady at least one Super Bowl. I know everybody that is not from New England will say that we we ran a <laughs> we we were saved by a couple of ref calls but still I think this moment this end I think the only one that was just as bad was the the Rams versus Saints one that was just horrible non-call so this call and that non-call basically are the worst thing to end a playoff or Super Bowl game I'll comment about what I enjoy, which is the halftime show, yeah. uh, which let's start. I love Rihanna. I think it was a great show. A lot of people complained that it was just a good enough show. She didn't change clothing. The, she didn't collaborate with somebody, which is typically what makes it elevated. Like the dancing wasn't that. She announced a her pregnancy while being in the Super Bowl halftime. That's amazing. And people say it's part of the trend of like just good enough. There is a, th a new kind of term, relatively new term of good enough parenting. Like you don't need to be always spot on the best parent. You don't in life in general, just be good enough. So it's she was good enough. It was awesome. Uh, you're, sa enough. you're saying that you, the person of good enough, I'm not a person of good enough. If any of us is a person of good enough, it's you. Of course. I hate good enough. Like, good enough is not good enough for me. I invented good enough. Good enough is an art. So, two very interesting anecdotes about me and good enough. Yeah. Anecdote number one of good enough was when I was taking my final test in medical school. I needed to get, score like a 67 to mm -hmm. get my 9.1... GPA. GPA degree. for, for yeah, my for, summa, the for, for my summa cum laude. And all I did was this you now it's medical school, it's six hundred questions of answer something. It's like a day and a half of questions. Soon as I knew that I scored seventy, I gave the test away and said, Goodbye. It's summer, it's Tel Aviv. I'm on the beach. Thank you very much. I'm done. How did you know that you had seventy though? I'm a genius. <laughs> 
I'm a modest. He is a good enough genius. No, Producer I, Dave, you told us an awesome good enough story. I wanted to tell the audience because they probably went born when the story was relevant. It was a combination of good enough and a few more things. Right. So it has to do with Mike Dukakis, who, for those that don't know, former governor, longtime governor of Massachusetts, who ran a uh, tragically flawed campaign and got slaughtered by, uh, that was George W. Bush, w. I believe. Bush. Yes. Yeah. And so a couple of years later, I was at a, a charity breakfast and comedian, then at the time, comedian Al Franken was there. And he has this character, the the motivational speaker guy, Stuart Smalley, and they did a little bit on stage and he called him up. He says, Mike Dukakis, you're good enough. You're smart enough and people really like you. And he said, thank you, Stuart. And he said, now I want you to repeat after me. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. He repeats that. He says, I want you to repeat after me. I only got 46% of the vote in the election. And Mike Dukakis instead says, I got 46 million people to vote for me or whatever it was that that's the wrong number but i got millions and millions of people to vote for me and so people laughed and then al franken says michael denial is not just a river in egypt that's his signature line so yes there you go so, that's a line not we quite use good at enough. home <laughs> exactly we regularly use, we use that at home regularly that yeah. denial is not just a river in egypt yeah so, so thinking that good enough is good enough in life is denial good enough is an art you need to know when <laughs> to imply to use good enough and when not to because when you do things like compliance you need to do good enough compliance but that's a problem if you just do good enough compliance then when actually things happen you get fucked well here's the interesting thing you need to understand when good enough is what matters and I'll, and I'll explain why so there are things like the TSA, which is security theater. We, as Israelis, know that this is security theater. It, it will stop nothing. It will not stop a nosebleed. Yeah, it's something happened long time ago. Somebody had a bomb in his shoe or like something that appeared like a bomb. And ever since, we all have this shoe theater thing. of taking off shoes before flying. And like the fact that it wasn't exactly. killed yet, it's insane. And right now... All our security frameworks that exist for our compliance reasons are doing the good enough and not doing the actual solving. Secure. The, the secure, they're okay. doing the good enough. And I'll give you an example. My, one of my favorite bodies, and I don't blame them, guys. Please don't jump on me when, that you, when this comes out. NIST. NIST is an amazing body, but it's the national, the, the N in the NIST is national, which means that it's, Sort of kind of federal, sort of kind of government, sort of kind of moves in a committee way. So Slow. Slow. So by the time the committee meets and discusses and does anything, the world has moved, moved on. on. Pandemic happened. Things exactly. shifted. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it, took, it took a lot of regulators. How often do they, do they update the framework? I don't know. Maybe we can ask our audience. It takes years. It takes years. I think the releases are... Uh, bi-yearly or something along okay. the lines. Okay. So we'll check afterwards uh, when was the latest NIST framework released. So you have NIST that has a framework around the the security compliance. You right. have CIS. You have CSA Cake. ISO. ISO. The ISO is something else. ISO. ISO and SOC 2 do something else. Okay. They have like a ser series of things to show that what you told us you're going to do, you actually do. It's variations of... Put a policy in place. It doesn't matter what the policy says. As long as you live by your policy, at least we know 
that what you describe to the world is what you do. Okay. And you need to have a certain set of policies, and as long as you report back to the policies that you do, so SOC 2 is a little bit on the, is a little bit in, a little bit out. FedRAMP is a lot more descriptive. HIPAA is a lot less descriptive. It's a lot closer to the tell us what you do and make sure that you do what you do. But you have all these frameworks. And from previous things that we discussed, our love for SIMS, SIMS is, are there because of these frameworks. Because you need to keep logs for a certain time, see that you have the data. Exactly, exactly. But here, we are undergoing our SOC tour here at Dort. Thanks for funding us. So we are experiencing some very interesting things in the conversations with the auditor. So the auditor comes in and says, please describe where you send the logs of your firewalls. <laughs> now... It assumes that we have logs. It assumes that we have firewalls. It assumes that we have assets that we're protecting with a firewall. It assumes we have a premise. You we don't. We don't. This was a funny thing when one of a company that we acquired at Cisco, I think in the 2016s, we came to their offices and the, the guy that does a lot of the stuff in the due diligence said, please show us to your server room. And I was looking at him and said, huh? there's no server room. We bought a, bought a cloud company. They have no server rooms. Show us how you manage your devices. No devices. This is something that, and this was 2016. Right now, if you look at most companies that were born after 2014, the likelihood of them having a premise, a server room, any hardware gear, any... Company-owned endpoints. Company-owned endpoints. And the things along the lines of a firewall that protects a server... Even in AWS, mm -hmm. if, if you look at the kind of the growth and climb of EC2 instances versus container instances versus pure lambdas, you'll see that serverless is king. And by the way, plugging in our friends in Snowflake, we don't own our database. We use Snowflake. We mm. use Elastic as a service. Have We have their security controls, but... So you're saying SOC2 just ignores this part or it's included in some shape or form? It's a lengthy conversation mm -hmm. to say why we exclude certain rules in the SOC 2 because... Saying they're irrelevant to what your company does, the way it operates. That they do not apply. But they don't apply some other rules for the way you operate today, which is serverless, you know, bring your own device, whatever, remote work, yes. so, no perimeter. So a big chunk of our compliance work is to show how we're still compliant by not following rules that do not apply to us. Mm -hmm. Can you guess what's the downside of all this conversation? You tell me. The downside of all that conversation and this lengthy, painful, long conversation about every one of those rules that we don't implement yeah. is that they don't include the things that actually do matter. We looked at the identity part of a lot of those compliance frameworks, and they, they are starting to understand that you need to have a digital asset inventory. Well, they require MFA, don't they? SOC 2 do require MFA. So requirement of MFA is a very interesting thing. You will pass your SOC 2 if you paid money to Duo. By the way, love you, Duo. We want to continue doing business with Cisco. So if you pay money to Duo and you've done nothing, 
nothing with just being a customer of an MFA company most Is likely it's it enough most like most likely not even implemented integrated if you show executed a couple, show a couple of screenshots that you have a policy in place maybe you MFA me and you Th- there's no good way a new good structure to say I'm protecting my sensitive applications with MFA and And not only an attestation that I'm using MFA, that it's actually enforced. There's no measure of this. Okay. Better yet, if you're, an Azure com- if you're an Azure company today, there's no way for you to attest this. This is why some of the auditors stay away from this. Because there's no good way to attest. Because you need to show that you're implementing conditional access. And the condition- th- there's no way to show that the rule fired. There's no way to do this. There's, there's no tool that can collect all that information and show that Lital used this factor in a very in a short session to access Salesforce okay and that is discussed in touching around the topic but not actually diving into what matters of is MFA enforced and is MFA used and are you alerting about MFA fatigue no Th- there's no discussion of well that's a- already advanced so concept but into identity right but that that's not very advanced right Relatively. now right now basic security you're asked to do security training about this so it means that it percolated into things mm-hmm but there's no enforcement there's no validation there's no looking into are you doing this there's no discussion whatsoever about things that are identity specific and understanding that right now the That that's the only control out there there's no move towards automation that there's no discussion of time to remediate right now most of the frameworks deal with how do I prevent an attack from happening still Ver- in a mindset that is preventable it is preventable there Rather is a perimeter that there's a perimeter there's a preventable attack there's no understanding of the time to remediate the The time to investigate the stuff it's those areas that we know those are the hardest parts and like yes the GD and Latal show will return in a moment the GD and Latal show is sponsored by ort in today's world identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers and If your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools ort can help ort offers a centralized platform for discovering monitoring assessing and remediating identity threats to your business while most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks with ort your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately Ort will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ort.io. That's O-O-R-T dot I-O. The DD and Latal Show is sponsored by Hunters. Hunters is a SaaS platform purpose-built for security operation teams. Providing unlimited data ingestion and normalization at a predictable cost, Hunters helps SOC teams mitigate real threats faster and more reliably than SIM. Visit Hunters.ai to learn more. Help me think about it. If we want those things to move from being good enough 
to actually being helpful, being trustworthy, like knowing that a company is SOC 2 or company is following NIST is actually increasing its security and taking yourself from this level to that level. This is what we want, right? This is why we're all here. Yep. What should you do? Like, how can so we impact the next framework of NIST or like... How can SOC, ev- SOC 2 evolve? Let, let's start with the, what What does good enough help you? Because it's also an important thing. Because okay. I don't want to just poop. Helps you with insurance. It helps you It's with important. If it, it's very important, right? It's very important. We, we are putting a lock so that a house is insured. Not exactly. necessarily to prevent people from coming in. Yeah. So and it's important. I mean, it will pay us back if something happens. Exactly. So, so let, but, let's not forget that. So it's important for cyber insurance. It's also important to deal with the, having this conversation is good enough because it's important to understand if you're not negligent. There's a lot of times my early investors wanted me to come talk to other portfolio companies to understand why we implemented security controls in ORT from day one. As soon as we started launching our... our Number one line of code was written. Mm-hmm. We spent a month before that to lock down to make sure that GitHub is locked down, that AWS is locked down, that access is is very limited and very, very restricted. Because, but I I think it gives you a, f- a false sense of security, it and does. give you a sense that you're not le- negligent while you might be negligent. A- again, it's depends what negligent is, but. That's a good question. I I, I would argue that it puts a risk of people becoming negligent because, oh, we're SOC 2 compliant. Oh, it's fine. So I I, I think it might do the opposite and encourage some behaviors that might be risky to a point of negligence. That could be true. I think it is because I think it is important to remember that not being negligent is not equivalent to being good. And you Again, good enough doesn't mean... Secure. Yeah. It just means not being stupid. And right now, with the velocity of attacks, the world of... So th- there's been a lot of thoughts. When we started shipping out Secure ID a million years ago, the thought was that Secure ID basically ma- doesn't make you outrun the hacker. It makes you outrun everybody else. 32% of people use it. Let's go attack everybody else that is not... Mm-hmm. That is not that. So I I, I don't out try uh, outrun the tiger. I outrun you, and that is what a lot of these frameworks are there for. With new legislation, it 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 will change the scenery because what will happen is that everybody that will want to do business and sell to somebody else, especially a cloud-based service, they'll have to attest that they have all these controls in place, and because they have to attest. It means that it turns it no. It's n- having this no longer is gives you the I'll outrun you versus outrun the tiger, and also the velocity of attacks, the ability to attack really really fast, makes the good enough not good enough, to to your point. But it is important, I think, in lever in lifting and forcing people to do some basic things. It 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 it's a little bit like making Omri eat his vegetables. It's a continuous fight. It's a continuous argument, but we have to make him eat his vegetables because otherwise he'll live an unhealthy life. I yes. heard 
yesterday in the news that I don't remember the number, like half of the kids in the US never eat veggies or fruit. Often. Never, ever. And more than half of them consume daily of sugary drinks. That's terrible. It's uh, good, never it's mind. Good, it's good if uh, no, it's plug good in. If, if it's good if you're a dentist. Uh, yeah. So. If it's good if you are the manufacturer of Ozempic and all those uh, drugs, they they start they, they're talking now about using it for kids from twelve years old and all. Sorry, moving from security to no. other things. Um, but let's state of health in this nation. But but things like a framework that forces people to make security awareness training mandatory. It's good. It, it's, it's like the basic. It's it, the basic. It's, yes. At least, at least it covers. It, at least it covers the it's basic. It's eating the veggies at it, least once a day. It's eating the veggies at least once a day. It, it's not the the more advanced stuff of working out. Yeah. So my video. my little ask from the vendors of these frameworks mm-hmm. is to think of what in your world is eating the veggies, and what in your world is make you finish the whole plate of broccoli. Because there's a big difference between the two. If in our world, if I have to have a framework that tells me, pick like five really, really important things that I have to do, and don't make it a burden, would be a lot more helpful. And CSA tried to do this with the cake light stuff. To try, hey, here are 300 rules if you keep you're good. But they've not updated this to a real cloud modern solution. My thought is if you want to move at the space and the speed of the internet, it has to be an open source project. I don't see another way. Somebody needs to embrace an open source project that says this is security and go with that. Google tried to do this with BeyondCorp and a lot of what they're doing there was very, very smart. But... It got lost in the shuffle with the creation of a lot of the zero trust and mm-hmm. never mapping it back into a standard body that says you need to have a, a control in place that says Lital cannot access this system. Well, the might of framework, and maybe we'll bring somebody that is an expert in that, is kind of this. But they're, still, they're yeah. still very bloated and they still deal with a lot of stuff that is not related to a post-2010 born yeah, there is a lot of gaps around cloud. I think a lot of companies talk about adding like cloud verticals, um, uh, vectors um, into the MITRE framework. I want to talk about, we'll see if we have time for two plugs uh, of things that I saw on social media that I want to discuss. One thing I saw this week, somebody posted on my LinkedIn, Uber had like record results. And he was saying it's a company that had bad reputation and then had some incidents, serious security incidents. And obviously the market doesn't give fuck about it the company is successful great quarter and nobody cares about breaches and i was thinking you know what it's actually a good thing like it's normal we all talk about breaches are the norm i think that all this vendor crap about the cost of a breach and company going through devastation because of a breach the reality is that Breaches, in most cases, do not take company out of business. And it's good that it's not. Like, 
oh my God, if all businesses that are being attacked were taken out of business, hell, like our economy would go to the trash. So, so let, let's face it first. Let's stop the fear mongering. Uh, I think it's all led by bad behavior, FUD. We talked a lot about it in the industry. Bridge is the end of the world. Company stock will go to, to the garbage. No, I think what breach causes is a ton of destruction. Your company is not functioning well for a while. Your team will need to deal with keeping your customers happy around the data safety instead of selling more and making revenue for a short while. So let's agree to disagree. And I'll okay. tell you what. What do you think? I think th the Uber thing is complete BS. Why is that complete BS? Because Uber and Lyft destroyed the cab companies in the US. Right. If I, there's no alternative to Uber. If I, de if I get off the airport, if I get off an airplane. Do you want to use something else? You, uh, you can still take a cab. Awesome. There are yellow cabs in all the airports. Good what luck. are you talking so, about? Uh, when was the last time you took a yellow cab? Last time I got to an airport. Seriously. So last time I Sometimes it's so much faster. Now that also you need to, like in Boston, Logan, are you kidding me? If you are arriving in Terminal E, you need to go to Terminal C at the basement of like so it's like going up and down and up and down no the uber pickup plane is like ridiculous you go take a cab that's so it i took i took a cab twice once in california recently and once when i got back home mm -hmm. it's a horrible experience i had to explain to the driver how to i, I don't want to talk to the driver i want to push an address i want to go to sleep you don't sleep in things like that but in i cab i i it's i i i fall asleep as soon as my butt touches a seat anywhere and i'm not engaged in the locomotion, I want to go, I want to hit a button, I want to go to sleep. That is fine, but you're claiming there is no alternative. There's no alternative. There is an alternative. You like the service, so you're using them. It's all good. I use them too. I think that they're a monopoly. And that's my case, that why they are as successful as they are, because they've, if, if you're a monopoly, and speaking of breaches, this is something that the government should have an impact of negligent behavior. Okay. And not but also not monopolies were breached and they still thrive. I mean, I, Most I, I think... Most not monopolies had a bad time after a breach. Everybody has bad time. That's what I'm saying. But like coming and saying, oh, companies will cease to from existence. It's, it's this cease, is bullshit. It's not cease to exist. But, it, but if you're not a monopoly, it will impact your bottom line. I think it impacts you even if you're on monopoly. There is no way it will not impact you. It, it has a cost. It has the cost of an alternative thing that your people should be doing. Your Malcolm people should not be talking to the media about the breach. They should talk about great results of your business or the new product that you're releasing. Of course. And this is what we need to move and talk about. Instead of the fear-mongering, that's my point. It's not about an Uber and the alternative to the business. My point is... We, as an industry, specifically vendors, needs to move on and talk about, be realistic, and talk about the real risk to the business, which is you're dealing with things that you can prevent from dealing. Once in a while, it's inevitable. Companies might be on the radar and get breached, and then they need to have a good plan of how to handle it. But let's stop the, it's going to be the end of the world. 
because so, it is not within 20 years of those breaches. Yeah. So that's so, important to And to I think say. it's related to the frameworks, that the frameworks make you believe that you're supposed to be stopping breaches versus time to remediate. Yeah, and time, how to exactly. And, and make how it as smooth, and be as prepared, painless, have the IT people deal with it and not the whole org, if you can, if exactly. there is a way to, to minimize the impact. Minimize the impact, make it smooth, make it faster, be able to see and resolve things. I think yeah. that is the important thing. Uh, just thinking, oh, we can completely prevent it. Or the other way, like it's going to be doomsday when it happens. It's not doomsday. And in the life of your business, some incidents will, will happen. happen. The severity may differ. We have time for our last topic. That I, think, I think we do. So there was another thing that I read on social media so bear with me because i don't read social media <laughs> yeah yeah you're on linkedin i saw a few posts at least you you post over there Ron, i am broadcast only i broadcast that but i don't listen there is a guy that he talks about modern human slavery and uh, the different aspects of it very tough topics but actually we all consume products that were built in questionable ways. Consumer electronics, cell phone device, most of them are involving some sort of human suffering in it. And his story was, he goes once in a while and speaks in front of high schoolers, and he tells them and he shows them how terrible the conditions of the people building the iPhones and how it is basically human slavery and how we should care about it and stop it because it's it's a device that everybody is using. And he found it interesting that he did this talk in a high school, in front of the high school. And at the end of the talk came this girl to him and told him, sir, I, I didn't have the time to bring this question, but I wanted to ask you, well, if we stop those sweatshops, wouldn't we need to pay more for our iPhones? I I, I don't want to pay more. I don't have more money to pay. It's already expensive. And he said that he was shocked by the lack of empathy and by a teenager bringing this indifference to what he just showed, the terrible story about human suffering just to make the device that we own. And he was like, I thought it's a one-off. But then he kept on going through other high schools and doing the same talk. And he said, there is no single time that this comes up. Somebody raises their hand, somebody comes to him and says, but hey, to keep the, the, the device cost low, low, how is it low? It's hundreds of dollars, if not a thousand. To keep it low, we need to keep those sweat, human sweatshops. And he said, tell me what's going on, guys. Like, is it like loss of empathy and I have two things to say about that and I, and I wrote to him the concept of being indifferent to human suffering and empathy for other people outside of your small family or your kind of like tribe is very new in history throughout our history most human beings did not care and were part of 
making other people suffer. Th- This is part empathy. of normalcy. You know what? You know what drove empathy worldwide? Penicillin. Yeah, because people stopped dying. People used to die from everything. From right? everything. People died all the time. Yeah, so you get a scratch. It get inflamed. Like you get, yeah. So and you die. Penicillin hygiene and le- and reduction of childbirth created uh, washing hands in childbirth. Yes. That's another one. Ignis right? Ignis Zemmelweis, if you want to lo- yeah. know who made yeah. that. So the, the empathy is something very new, and we're also forcing it because we're not that used to seeing suffering anymore or yeah. death. Yes, that's se- become and, and sec- relatively rare, especially of young people. This is a little bit of our ability as a society to start. understanding other people now is it a good thing or a bad thing that's a v- very big question if you ask all the jocks in high schools they want to go back to being uh, not caring and the second thing that by the way that uh, bothers me because I lack empathy is ah that's not true you like saying it yes to, to it look as if you are ruthless is how everybody st- sees that it's not true is how stupid people are because pricing has nothing 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 to do with cogs and Absolutely. So, <laughs> so that's another point. For me, uh, the fact that high schoolers are stupid and they don't realize that how much they're willing to pay has a hun- more impact than so the sweatshops. Guys, the I want to say something. Yes, iPhone, every time they come up with the new iPhone, reduces the cost of previous versions. And the cost of manufacturing states the same, which is nothing. So they could have got ridden from those bad practices of manufacturing if people would actually care about and keep the cost the same. Yes, it might have reduced the margin a little bit, which they can live with. We cannot live. Shareholders should live with it. But yeah, probably nobody pushes them to because we don't care enough and we, we're not. But I, I, I just wanted to say that empathy is, To people that you don't actually know and they live in another country far from your eyes it's a very new concept and it might be going away it might be eroding it's it's something that is more based on education than on something inherent in us I yep. think okay we talked a little bit about some biblical concepts of like what Our human beings are good by default or oh bad by, by default and bad that's by default bad by default I yeah, had a human I, nature is it bad by default so that's I, I I think education and us socializing and and teaching our kids how to behave is what prevents us from being indifferent for suffering so if if we don't invest in it and if our kids consume the education and are stuck on TikTok, That's the, the reality. There's also another thing. Indifference. This is, indifference is actually something that is bad also for the indifferent. This is something that has been a cycle in human existence all the time. Yeah. So the French Revolution came from the lady that said, let them eat cake. So, by the way, she never said let them eat cake. It's, an, it's a known fallacy. But the, the idea is that once the majority of people live in those bad conditions, eventually they have nothing to lose. They take up guns. They kill whomever's in charge. So we should build our empathy, especially if we're rich and privileged, to stay on top. Because otherwise, eventually... It will erode. 
eventually when we will stop caring and stop taking care of whomever is less fortunate, eventually they'll stop caring back and there's more of them and they have guns. So that's something that rather than to say, oh, we need to care because we need to care, say we need to care if you want to survive. That, that would be the message that I would give people. I, I think about it differently. I think caring. You and, would and not believe how fast the revolution will come. I agree that but I think about it differently. I think that empathy is what actually creates the win-win, the, the economical driving growth that that we've experienced in 20 and 21st centuries. So, so only when you have this level of confidence that life is good, future will be better, food is there, you can actually go up in the hierarchy. Maslow hierarchy, feel that, oh, I can build a business. Oh, I can invest in my future. This is going to be good. So, so empathy is part of ensuring that we have a good future. With that, I, I think, think we'll that we'll wrap up with many topics this episode. Hope you liked it. Please rate, review us, share with your friends. Thanks for Oud and Hunters for sponsoring the show. The Didi and Lital show is available wherever you get your podcast. See you soon. Thanks, Didi. Thanks, Lital. Have a great one.